This is Original Six. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Original Six podcast. The one and only podcast where we call it a potty. We also had Daryl Sittler on. Did you hear? Kind of a big news. He's 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 a pretty cool guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining us. Ryan Savine, as always, joined by my co-hosts, Paul Ananitis and Zach Mullen. Boys, how the heck are you? Fired up as usual. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't am, a very oh, good sure, bud. Oh, sure, Bob. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm almost as fired up as Paul just from the fact that two days ago we got to interview Daryl Sittler, and that is fire Nobody's as fired up as best. me. No one's as fired. Yeah, that's debatable. But I'm fired not up debatable. almost as much as Paul. Uh, yeah. Almost. Um, <laughs> if Zach's mic sounds a little weird, it's because he's having some computer issues. So technical difficulties. Gotta love it. Yeah. Zoom on the phone. Exactly. Uh, so if, if Daryl Sittler, if us interviewing him is news to you, you might have missed an episode. We interviewed Daryl Sittler, ex-captain of the Maple Leafs, holds the NHL record for points in a game with 10. If you missed that, go and listen to it. It's it awesome. was flames. It was fire. Yes. Um, and if you're new here, because that was the first episode of ours that you heard, welcome. Welcome to the gang. You're, you are officially, I will knight you an original sixer from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> can't leave we're kind of like a cult but not aggressive just yeah not, uh optional cult <laughs> only no. when i only when i rant it gets kind of aggressive yeah that's true um but yeah if you are new here make sure to subscribe or follow us on uh, whatever podcast uh, platform you're listening to check us out on youtube uh the sittler interview is fully up on youtube and you Ooh. can watch it and see our beautiful faces along with his face which is more beautiful than ours probably um debatable but yeah we also we also mm-hmm. have a tiktok account now yes go follow us on tiktok to so follow us to watch us tiktok and millie rock our way to success <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i like it and uh we do we do new episodes once a week i feel like we don't really say this or specify it but every wednesday give or take pending uh some if sort we of have special guests yeah so this week actually this is our second episode of the week we wanted to give Sittler his own episode because he deserves one because it is Daryl Sittler. So this is going to be a short episode. We're probably going to keep it around half an hour. You know, not not too much fluff, just uh, latest news, breaking kind of latest news, um, uh, a weekend review, the week ahead kind of stuff. We're going to break down the trade deadline acquisitions made by the Leafs. We're going to keep it short so that we can still keep on pace with our, our usual stuff, our predictions, record, that kind of stuff. We might have just lost Zach, so... We're rolling back. with the punches today. Zach is back on the attack. Any sideways. I'm honestly glad I'm having tech issues now and not two days ago. So yeah, that's it facts. Is what it is. That's true. Uh, I wanted to run something by you guys. My mom gave me this idea before we get into the episode. I want now I was going to say live on the air, but on air on this recording. I want us to set a goal and I, we can decide on the time frame. Mm-hmm. But our goal should be to have six maple leafs captains on the podcast original six six maple leaf captains so we've had settler is number one what do you guys think is that doable i hope so i would love that that would be awesome so who knows how about i want to say 
I feel like a year would be a little, a little close. How about two years? Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 aim for that. Yeah. Two years, six captains. Two years from good. today. Is that what we're gonna say? Two years ago today, we're gonna we're gonna I'm not we're gonna ago, edit this. Two years no, from two today. years from today, we're gonna edit this little uh, audio clip and we're gonna play it back two years from now to see if we reached our goal. Yeah, hopefully we're still podcasting by then. We will be. But April fifteenth, twenty twenty three. We'll see you there. If you are listening to this in the year twenty twenty three because you came back to hear this conversation. What's up? Wow. That's, that's some back to the future nonsense. That's bro. crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, let, let's go on. Uh, we're going to quickly do the weekend review. Um, I figured just for the sake of time, we're not really going to break down each game as we usually do, but we'll, we'll go the scores and the record and stuff like that. Uh, I will say none of us predicted the record correctly. Uh, two, one, and one. Uh, so a 3-2 win versus Montreal, a 6-5 win versus Ottawa. That game was a headache and a half. A 4-2 loss at Montreal and a 3-2 overtime loss versus the Calgary Flames, who are quickly becoming my least favorite team to play against. Really? In, in terms of watching the Leafs, I don't know. I feel like they match up against us well, even though they're not. Mine's still Ottawa because for some reason, we're just crap against Ottawa. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. The Senators have our number. Uh, Paul, why don't you give us the, the record and standings as they sit right now? Yeah, so Leafs still first in the division, 28-11-4 with 16 points. 16. 60. 16 That's much better. points. Yeah, 6-0. Like uh, and today's game against Winnipeg's a big one. Unfortunately, Matthews and Nylander aren't playing, but our record without Matthews is surprisingly ridiculous. Anyways... Yeah, first game, April 7th, 3-2 win versus Montreal. Nice win. Big dubs. Then we go against Ottawa, which is always a scary thing for Leafs fans, which it shouldn't be. But it was literally like an NHL 21 game, just back and forth, back and forth goals, like back to back. And Austin Matthews got a hat trick that game, so it was nice to see his third career hat trick. Second, uh, second, sorry, I'm going to jump in. Second hat trick against the Senators. Yes. Yes, first one was his first ever game in the NHL. And then the other one was against New Jersey. Hopefully he can get more as his career goes on. And then we have a back-to-back first game against Montreal, 4-2 loss. And then the 3-2 overtime loss versus Calgary. Uh, not a good week, but not a bad week, I'd say. Yeah, um, I agree but with that. Hopefully, hopefully this week is a lot better. Now, quick recap. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, as you had 60 points, five points up on the Jets, who are playing tonight. Same amount yep. of games. Uh, eight points up on the Oilers. They have one game in hand. Um, in terms of standing, I think, you know, not just the three of us, but a lot of people probably wrote off the Calgary frame, Flames. Mm-hmm. The Calgary Frames. Yeah, the picture frames. That's it. Yep. Um, like it. They've won three in a row. They're not that far behind the Canadians for fourth spot. Yeah, they beat Montreal yesterday, which was huge for them. I... I will say this now. I would rather play Montreal in the first round than Calgary. Same here. Agreed. Which is weird, but, you know. Yeah. Hockey never makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. Um, let's move on. We're going to keep things uh, pretty quick because the, the latter half of this is going to be a little thicker. Um, some headlines. And a really snicker. Thicker than a snicker. 
Good chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate bar. Um, Must be hungry. Always. Um, so headlines, the Leafs officially signed uh, Rodion Amirov, Amirov, however you want to say it, to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, they took him first overall in this year's entry draft. I say first overall, in the first round, 15th overall. Uh, that was the first round pick we received from the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Kapanen deal. Uh, he had a pretty solid year. I think he ranked third in yeah. scoring amongst players under 20 in the KHL this season. Yep. And I, I do want to preface this by saying, you know, you might look at the KHL and look at his stats and be like, that's not great. But, you know, the KHL is not a rookie or a junior league. That's a men's league. So for him to be third in under 20 scoring, that's the metric that I'm, that I look at and like to see. Yeah. Um, and keeping with our latest news, I've been doing a lot of talking, so we're going to kind of try something new here. Um, Zach's Zach actually has a twin brother, uh, went to med school. Uh, <laughs> he has become a certified doctor. Uh, he has his PhD and all that stuff, but we're concerned about the MD. So we're going to throw, our injury report over to Mullen MD. And uh, this will probably be something moving forward. So uh, Dr. Dr. Mullen, take it away. Well, thank you guys for having me on the podcast. This is my very first episode joining. Uh, my name is also Zach, though I spell it with an H, not Z-A-C, but Z-A-C-H, not to be confused with my older brother. Uh, and so I will be officially giving the injury report for today. So Austin Matthews, who leads the NHL in goals, by the way, is out with a, a wrist injury. He seemed to, he hopped on the ice for a uh, morning skate. Then he kind of skated around a bit and then got off, which was a little bit weird. Um, turns out his wrist is still bothering him. Uh, he's gone through some problems earlier on in the season with his wrist. He's been out for a couple stretches of games. Uh, and when he came back, he didn't look completely like himself. He seemed to get over it, but now he's kind of, it's kind of bugging him again. So uh, head coach Sheldon Keith calls him day-to-day. -day. Uh, in his place, John Tavares was on the first line centering between Marner and Galchenyuk. Uh, speaking of why Galchenyuk is on the first line, uh, William Nylander is still – oh, wait, Nylander plays on the – that's okay. Well, William Nylander, anyway, uh, is uh, on the COVID protocol still. He had to sit out, I believe it was one week. Uh, due to possibly having contact with someone with COVID. So he is still out, uh, though apparently Sheldon Keith is just waiting for uh, one more negative COVID test before he can rejoin the team. So he should be back this week, though he will not play tonight against Winnipeg. Uh, the Toronto Marlies have, had, uh, have been postponed due to COVID protocols. Uh, there is believed to be a positive case on the team. Uh, they're not... They haven't released who it is or who's affected. Uh, Nick Robertson was not playing in the last Leafs game because he was put on the COVID protocol uh, because he was uh, played for the Marlies for the last couple of months while he was when he came back from his injury. Uh, and so he was taken off because he's been cleared. So, yeah, that is the injury report brought to you by Mullen MD. Oh, it's sponsored too. Wow. You learn something every day. Fantastic. I talk and I'm spon I'm sponsoring it. It's fantastic, guys. Wow, that's like anyway. Thanks dipping. for having me on. No problem. Thank you, uh, Mullen MD. 
I also heard you have a rap, like a, a semi-professional rap career and you call yourself MD Mullins, kind of like a, a DJ doctor name. I like it. So we'll, we'll hear more of Mullen MD, MD Mullen in episodes to come. So that's our injury report. And uh, now we wanted to, I mean, the first time we're kind of speaking since the trade deadline passed, a lot of big moves from Kyle Dubas and company with the Maple Leafs. So I'm thinking uh, I'll kind of run us through, what is it, five kind of main trades that the Leafs made. Get yep. each of your opinions. I'll throw a couple of my two cents in, maybe three, because I talk a lot. Uh, and then we'll keep going. Uh, so the first trade made, uh, we received Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets, sent over a conditional seventh round pick. That pick becomes a sixth rounder if Nash plays in 25% of the Maple Leafs playoff games this coming playoffs. Uh, Paul, I'll throw it over to you. I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of thought here, but what do you? what's your take on this deal? Well, I, I actually kind of like it. And going back, if everyone remembers when Boston were in the playoffs uh, last year or a couple of years ago, Patrice Bergeron got injured and Riley Nash took over as the starting center and did an absolutely fantastic job. I know people could say he was playing with Marshawn and Pasternak and who couldn't do a bad job, but you definitely can. So I like the pickup for sure. Um, gritty player, played on Boston. So definitely a gritty player, uh, skillful. And hopefully he becomes like a good bottom six grinder for us that can still produce. So we'll see him. Yeah. Uh, Zach, anything uh, you want to add there? Uh, I like it. Not a lot of price for it. Like, even if he plays in 25% of the playoff games this season, it's only a sixth rounder. That's pretty good for someone that can add some grit and some stability down there. Uh, just another piece of the puzzle. So I like it. Yep, yep. I uh, I agree. Good playoff move. I mean, obviously the other part of it that uh, we didn't really touch on is that he instantly became or it was instantly put on our long-term injured reserve because he was injured. And in doing so, like, I'm not going to pretend like I understand the salary cap and everything, but it actually gave us more money to spend against the cap, something like that. If mm -hmm. you have a guy on LTIR, you can spend more money on the cap. So it helped us get other players and other trades. So that why, that's why I think it was the first one um, and a good guy to, mm -hmm. to have in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, so the second trade, this was the big one. Uh, Nick Felino, and I'll, I'll throw in Stefan Nason in that as well. Uh, so the three-team trade. So Columbus retained 50% of Felino's salary and basically sent him over to San Jose, if, if we're going to look at it like this. Then San Jose retained another 50% there, which was, if you look at it, 25% of the total salary, and then sent him to the Leafs. So the Leafs get Felino at 25% salary. We also received Stefan Nason uh, from the Sharks. And in exchange, we sent Columbus a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. And we sent San Jose a 2021 fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. So Zach, I'll start with you. I mean, this was the big one. I know a lot of Leaf fans were maybe hoping Taylor Hall's name was going to be the one coming over. Mm -hmm. Um mixed reviews just because of his resume. Uh, but what do you think on Dubas's choice to bring in Nick Foligno and what will that do for the team? I think this was kind of, could have been expected based on the moves that 
uh, Dubas made in the offseason, bringing in Simmons and Thornton's just veteran leadership. Uh, in the past, in the playoffs, we've kind of gotten knocked around a bit. We haven't really had that kind of leadership uh, in place during the playoffs. And so I think he just wanted to stabilize that even more with this trade. Maybe I would have liked a Philip Forsberg or a Mikhail Granlund in there. I know there were lots of talks of uh, either of them leaving Nashville. Uh, I, I think I would have preferred that, but maybe the ask is too high. There's always that stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, but in terms of price, I think it's worth it. I think Nick Foligno can bring veteran leadership to this team, and he wants to be here. Yeah, I think he said, like, the first thing he said when asked about the trade uh, to Toronto was, says, oh, let's go win a cup. And so this, that's the exact mindset that we need to go out. And so, uh, you know, San Jose jumped in there, uh, helped out a bit too. So some pulling of the strings by Kyle Dubas. So I like it. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what are your takes on this one? I really, really, really like this trade. And I really, Dubis, really, 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 oh my. like this trade. Sorry, I had gracious. to set me up. I made Zach spit his coffee, but it was worth it. Oh, Almost. God. I hope I never hear that again. But anyways, <laughs> I really, I really like this trade. And going into the trade deadline, the Leafs organization and fans knew that Dubas had three things on his checklist. Uh, Top six forward, a depth defenseman, and goalie reinforcements or reassurance, you could say. And he got all three. So going to the top six forward, Dubas wanted someone that could provide leadership, that could provide grit. Check, check. And and heart. Check. All the boxes. Yeah, Mm. all of them. So if you think about it, why would anyone think we'd be going for Taylor Hall? Because he does not check off all those boxes. He just checks off a top six forward. So I really love the Nick Foligno trade because he can bring that motivation, that, that grittiness to the, to the top lines that we've been missing over the playoffs in the past, like four or five years. Yep. And for the price only retaining 25% of his salary. I'm right now. Yeah. Only retaining 25% of his salary. It's, it's fantastic. I think he will, I think he will make a massive difference in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's a playoff move. That's what it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. A couple a couple thoughts on this I wanted to add. Uh, first of all, I saw a lot of people online, as they usually do, Leafs Nation, you know, a first and a, a fourth, another fourth for Nason. That's kind of separate, but, you know, it seems like a lot. First of all, I, I don't care to give up the first round pick. Hopefully, you know, that pick is 31st overall. And before you say no, it's going to be 32nd. Arizona's was negated, whatever, long story. Um, anyways, it, it's likely going to be a, a late first-round pick. Secondly to that, because of COVID, a lot of these junior and minor leagues didn't run. Even the few that did, scouts were only able to watch online. This might be, not only is it regarded as a weak draft, but this might be the most unknown draft. So I will take the known in Nick Foligno. And send the picks. I, I I couldn't care less about them. We're not rebuilding. Right. Totally. Secondly, so why do we need it? I think people also forget that there's value in salary retention. And you have to you have to pay for that out, outside of the salary, right? Oh, yeah. So Columbus took on 50%. San Jose took on 25%, technically speaking. And they got paid in extra draft picks for that. So that's what people have to realize as well. My last point on the Felino deal... 
is the physicality. Yes. Now you might say, you know, the Leafs have some pretty physical guys. We have Muzzin, we have Simmons, Thornton can be physical, uh, Bogosian, uh, Zach Hyman. But if you look at hits, it doesn't really sit where you think it would sit. So at the time of the trade, Nick Foligno had 109 hits on the season. At the time of the trade, the highest Leaf player with hits was Jake Muzzin with 69. Then Zach Hyman with 65. He was our highest hitting forward. And our next highest hitting forward, I think, was Matthews with 45 hits. Not even Simmons. Wow. I know he's been hurt. So there was a big drop off in hits. Sure, we're, we might be tougher and more physical, but we're not hitting. Mm-hmm. So I think Felino adds a really good piece in, in the physicality, the hitting. We can yeah. attest to that from the play-in round last year. Yeah, he was oh, a yeah. pass to play against. I, yeah. I hated playing against Nick Felino. And people were like, I'll bring Nick Foligno to Toronto. I'm like, I hate Nick Foligno. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, no, I hate playing against him. Exactly. Because he's yeah. irritating. You want to Foligno. I'm sure yes, that's the same thing people me. say about playing against Hyman. To a different level. Not as, not like as much of the annoying. It's like playing against Marshawn. Yeah, exactly. Well, playing against Marshawn is totally like, different. Everyone though. hates Marshawn. <laughs> but if you could get Marshawn on your team, who would say no? Exactly. Me. I would say no. Get out. Why? Uh, I don't like that version. All right. Uh, anyway, we, we, <laughs> he does. we shouldn't forget. <laughs> we shouldn't forget that Stefan Nason came over in that deal as well, but he'll probably just be an AHL piece for us. Hasn't yep. played much with the Sharks. He was with the Barracudas for a good chunk of the year. Great name, by the way, for the AHL team. Side note. Uh, let's, let's go on to our third trade here. The Leafs brought in big save Dave. David save Riddick Dave. from the Calgary Flames. The Flames retained 50% of his salary. We sent over a 2022 third round pick. Paul, what do you have on this deal? Well, I really like it, especially the circumstances we've been in this year with goaltending. Campbell's been playing obviously fantastic, but our main goalie, Freddie Anderson, has not. And he's been injured for a lot of the season. So can we really trust Michael Hutchinson as a backup to Campbell? Probably not. So that goalie reinforcement that Dubas had on his checklist was made by getting David Riddick and Calgary retains 50% of his salary, which is also really nice because of our cap situation. So having a goalie named big save Dave can't hurt. That's true. Uh, Zach, what do you, what was your take? Did you like this one? You know, I did. Uh, I think Michael Hutchinson has done beyond what we could have probably expected him to do come this season. He's done a good job, but with, you just need that stability. Riddick's a good goalie. I mean, he shut us out once this season. He's shown he can be good, and he's got passion. So mm-hmm. I do like the trade in him coming over. I I don't know. I've always think that more goalie stability is good. Like, you can never have too much goaltending stability. So yeah. even if Anderson comes back, then that means you've got a one, two, three consistent goaltenders going into the playoffs, and then you never know if you have to cycle things up. Like, I think it's a good trade. You could argue that those three would be the best top three goalies in the NHL. I think you could. The best top three, yeah. yeah. Not usually a conversation you would have, but with the taxi squad, I, I feel like it's it's kind of a thing. Um, like goalie rotation-wise of three? Like yeah, like if you looked a, at... A decent three. Yeah, every organization's top three goalies. I'd say that would be the top in the league. Yeah. Um, 
so we gave up a third for Riddick. I'm fine with it. Even if he only plays a couple games, it's whatever. The weird draft, you're not getting much here. Um, this was a fan service move. So Dave Riddick was always one of those goalies that played well against the Leafs. And it was always one of those guys <laughs> like, he always plays well against the Leafs. Wouldn't it be great if he just played for the Leafs? And I feel like Leaf fans said that about him. We said that about Alexander Gorgiev of the New York Rangers. We could say that about every goalie, really. Right. Any goalie <laughs> playing in their first game ever. But consistently, yeah. he did it to us. So I think it was a bit of fan service. And Steve Dangle put this the best in terms of the need for David Riddick. He says, you don't really need a goalie until you need a goalie. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, so we that was need great. need a goalie. Right. Or you might come come playoffs if Anderson and Campbell have injury stuff going on. It's a good move either way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can kind of skim and scan over the last two here. Nothing crazy, but we'll, we'll still uh, mention them. Uh, another trade with the Sharks. We bring in Antti Suomela. That's a fun one to say. And sent over Alexander Berbanov. So two of our Russian players, him and Letnin, now gone off the team. I think it's a case of him not really getting a chance because of how deep our, our forward group is. Um, mm-hmm. We do bring in another forward, but it's a centerman. So a center depth. Do I think he'll get a lot of games? No. Probably not. But here he is. So I'll get one of you, one of your takes here. I'll, I'll throw it to Zach. And then, Paul, I'll get your take on the last trade. So, Zach, what did you think? Anything major beyond the surface of this one? Not that I could tell and not by looking in like too deep into it. Kind of just seems like Berbanov got got in, got out, got in, got out. So, uh, you know, I hope he has a chance with San Jose. Sumelas hasn't done anything crazy. He's only played four games this year. He doesn't have any points. Uh, only played 20 games last year with seven points. So maybe he's more of a Marley's depth forward at this point. Uh, but it's, it's never a bad thing to get more centers. I think wingers are a little more... Not disposable, but you know what I mean. Like center, yeah. you need centers are more valuable. Center, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. So I think I, that this is a pure value trade. Yeah, I think this also does good on the least part by Barabanov. You know, they bring him over from Russia, and he didn't get the playing time that he probably deserves. So they send him to a team where he'll he'll probably crack the starting lineup and and get a chance to play. Similarly, when Letnin was sent over to the Blue Jackets, I think mm-hmm. it's the good part about Dubas though that he understands that everyone yeah. needs playing time. So if you're not going to get any here, he'll send you somewhere where you can get that playing time and develop as a player. He did the same thing with Josh Lebo. He wasn't playing here, sent them to Vancouver. He yep. did get good playing time there. He had a good season and he went to Calgary. Exactly. So it's a nice pick overall. Yeah. All right, Paul, I'll, I'll throw it to you for this last one. We bring in Ben Hutton, depth mm-hmm. defenseman that you kind of teased before from Anaheim. Uh, mm-hmm. We send them a 2022 fifth round pick. And uh, what do you think of this player? Because he's going to get a shot to play uh, in a Barbie world because it's fantastic. Huh. No one gets the reference. There was a video on Twitter of Ben Hutton dancing to Barbie Girl when he was playing on Vancouver. If you haven't seen it, absolutely hilarious and go watch it. Yeah. But going back to the trade, I like it. Like, we didn't really give up much for Hutton, and he's a good depth defenseman. As you said, there's, there's no bad thing in having a good – defensive core because you will get injuries in the season and you want a good substitute and although Ben Hunt hasn't cracked the lineup yet because of the COVID protocols and we've been having some decent uh, defensive play 
he will get a chance to crack the lineup. And I feel like he will be a good defensive defenseman who's physical and can bring that physical presence. Yep. I agree. Totally. Uh, you kind of, you kind of mentioned it there, what I was going to bring up next cracking the lineup. I'll, I'll go to both of you for this one word answer. Yes or no. Does he get a shot at cracking the lineup in spot of Dermot? So yes or no, it's Dermot's spot and Hutton is the, 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 the seventh man. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So we yes from Paul, Zach. Yes. Okay. A little internal competition. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were the trades. Um, I mean, we could probably sit here for hours and talk about them more, talk about trades that happened uh, elsewhere in the league, but in the interest of time, we'll keep it a bit short. Um, but with all of these trades happening now, we thought it would be fun for each of us to put together our ideal starting lineup for game one of the playoffs pending everyone's healthy everyone's good to go uh we're, we're not going to look at defense because we kind of well maybe we should because we just kind of talked about Hutton challenging for Dermot but I think at this point we could probably all agree that Dermot has our trust as of now yeah so we'll, we'll leave defense as is so we'll do the forward core and we'll also touch on who each of us would put in net to start game one of the playoffs so, Zach, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Uh, give us your – Let's. do you want to go line by line or do you want to go all four? Go line by four? line. That's going to go line by line. So you want to give your line and then me and Paul will also give our first lines or you want to give all of yours? Um, I'll leave it to you. I don't know. What it's, you, it's in your hands. You leave it to me? It's Ooh. in your hands. Uh, let's go line by line. I think that will be easier for people to kind of listen to. Maybe okay. we'll have all some right. graphics up on, on Instagram later. Who knows? make it a little easier but just for the listener yeah <laughs> right right i made a great face we need there, a but... we need a new graphics guy our, no. our social media coordinator is uh is sweating a little okay so on the first line from left to right i have this is the first one's probably a little more of a surprise than the other two but alex galchenyuk in the first line left wing position then obviously Austin Matthews in the middle and Mitchell Marner on the right side. I had the same. I did not wow. have the same. But you have Hyman instead of Galchenyuk? I did. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw in kind of why it'll make sense after. I think we, like in your case, we know how Hyman is, how valuable he is on the third line in that shutdown mm-hmm. role. So I guess this is a spoiler. I don't have Felino on my second line. I have him in that third line slot because I think if the Leafs want to win a series, they need their big guys to be their big guys, Matthews and Martyr, and you get the best out of them when they play with Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matthews and Marner play the amazing together as a, like a, as a right. But top I, two. I, I think Hyman compliments them the nice, the, the best. I mean, Galchenyuk hasn't done a bad job since he's been on that top line. Right, but you, you like yeah. if I'm asking you who's better on that mm-hmm. one, yeah, yeah, or Chenyuk, the answer is Hyman. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, I guess I kind of spoiled there, so I'll just go with my second line. I have Galchenyuk mm-hmm. slotting down in the left wing with Tavares and Nylander. Zach, who do you okay. have? I have Tavares and Nylander, but I have Nick Foligno on that second line. Uh, I just think that Foligno is 
he's not going to be scoring the goals on that line, but I think he's going to be kind of doing the Zach Hyman role of getting in deep, getting the puck, being physical. And I think it would complement Tavares and Nylander as well as if Hyman were there. So that's where I have Nick Foligno. I have the same thing again, and it's getting kind of weird how much Zach and I are agreeing with stuff in this podcast. Yeah. This is yeah. so weird. We never agree on anything. but No, apparently. never. But yeah, <laughs> Felino, Tavares, and Elander is my second line as well. As Zach said, I think he's going to do the Hyman role on that line. Yep, I could definitely see it for sure. I, I think when he was when the trade was announced, we all kind of just envisioned that's where he'd play. Well, I mean, top six forward, that's what Dubis got, so. Right. But I think also, if you listen to the interviews, Dubis is careful with his words. He says, Felino will definitely play in our top nine. That's true. Ooh. So I think, I think that the idea there is it, it's, it's flexible. It's not mm-hmm. set in stone. Obviously, he's in quarantine right now, so we're not going to know yet. Uh, Zach, start us off with your third line. So my third line is a little bit different, kind of. Maybe not that different, but uh, I have Hyman there on the third line. I have him with Alexander Kerfoot and Wayne Simmons. Uh, that's hmm. kind of my shutdown third line. I think that Simmons is going to bring a different kind of presence in the playoffs. Uh, I know he kind of had that before he got injured, hoping he brings it now. And then with Hyman, Kerfoot brings some speed up the middle. And then Hyman being uh, incredible as always. I just think that that line could really do some damage to other teams' first and second lines uh, and just shut them down. So that's my hope. I like it. I have Mikheyev, Nash, and Hyman as my third line. That's a nice one. Yeah, I think that is going to be the ideal shutdown third line with Hyman and Nash bringing their gritty play and their, like, just hits all around, shut down that first line and Mikheyev on the wing to reinforce the speed and a little bit more of the scoring depth. Not like Hyman can't score or Nash can't score, but it's just bringing uh, that speed factor in. Hmm. So I think that would be the ideal shutdown third line. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Um, my third line, the more I look at it and think about it, the more I like it. I'm like smiling now as I say this. Um <laughs> On the left wing, Nick Foligno. Mm-hmm. Center, Riley Nash. Mm-hmm. Right wing, Wayne Simmons. Ooh, it's pretty that's good. That's just like wow. a, a good that is skating, gritty. big, gritty line. Not defensively liable, can, can still put the puck in the net. I think that has potential. And if you trust that line, then Hyman can go and play on the first line. So that's where my reasoning hmm. came. People like teams are not going to want to play that line. That, that line, line just sounds to play against. mean. That is a <laughs> gritty, gritty. You're going to have to keep your head up when you go on the, against that line. That will be hits galore. And then just imagine you have one or two of Muzzin and Hall or Bogosian on the ice as well. Exactly. That's, that's, that's not a five top five, or I guess not top five, but that's not five skaters in the playoffs that I'd want to go against. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so we'll move to fourth lines. I guess we'll also touch on the players we left out. Yeah. Um, so my fourth line, there's been a lot of talk about Joe Thornton lately. I, I Come game one of the playoffs, I think he, he, he earns and deserves a slot in the, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. If it's not there, I could totally see them taking him out for a game here or there. But game one, starting playoffs, my fourth line, Thornton, Spezza, and Kerfoot. Okay. It's kind of just everyone else. 
So that would, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that leaves two main players out of my lineup. I guess three. I'll say Robertson, even though he hasn't been a mainstay due to injury. And Engvall. Engvall and Mikheyev are not in my top 12 in this hmm. scenario. Wow. Okay. Okay. I like that. It's good. I put my fourth line of Spedza, Kerfoot, and Simmons. So obviously I don't have Thornton and Engvall in my line. And on, like, I know Thornton is a 41-year-old veteran and everyone would say it's just like a slap in the face not to play him. But it's the playoffs and whoever deserves to play is playing. And I don't think Thornton is going to fit in this lineup. We want the, the best, fastest, grittiest, top-scoring like, lineup. And I don't think Thornton cracks it. Hmm. Engvall hasn't been playing too well this year in my opinion. So Spedza, Kerfoot, and Simmons is my fourth line. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with you. I think I can definitely see Thornton playing that first playoff game just because he's got the experience of, well, being old. <laughs> and, but, and being a playoff player as well. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, so I could definitely see him starting, but I can also see uh, Keith having no hesitation to pull him out if he's not uh, performing. Uh, my fourth line was Thornton, Spezza, and Mikheyev on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like this line because it brings three different aspects. Mikheyev brings the speed, Thornton brings the pass, and Spezza brings the shot. So I think that would be a very interesting fourth line that would probably have a lot more depth than, like, say, Montreal's, for example. So uh, the subs, I have uh, Robertson and Engvall. I don't think Engvall has played as well as he could have uh he's done well but you know on a roster this deep like you kind of have to play your best otherwise you're not going to get a spot yeah um yeah Robertson I don't think makes this team either uh, as much as I love Nick Robertson uh and I have uh Riley Nash there um maybe it's because I don't remember too much of Nash's play but I can't picture him going into the third spot above Kerfoot Maybe that's just because Kerfoot's played that three, that third center so much. But uh, yeah, I think if Thornton comes out of the lineup, that Riley Nash is that first spot in. Yeah, what I what I will say to that point is I don't think Riley Nash, that acquisition was just to make cap space. I, I think there's more. I think he's playing. Yeah, like I think I think the trade is made in the idea that he comes over and plays in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, he's a he's kind of like I'd say like a two-way center. He can do it offensively, defensively, kind of a, I think he's a big bit of a bigger guy that can play that third line centerman role. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. He's, he's 6'2", 188. Big boy. Big boy. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's hard for us to make these picks without having seen them played, right? Like Nash is on LTIR, Felino's in quarantine. Yeah. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see this team, if they can get healthy right before playoffs. And then maybe our lineup choices would be a lot different, but I think we've done the best that we can with yep. the players that we know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want the episode to go too long. So let's make it interesting. One word answer. No reasoning. Mm-hmm. Game one of the playoffs, which goalie are you putting in that pending? They're all healthy. I will start us off and I'm saying Freddie. I'm saying Riddick. I'm saying Campbell. Campbell doesn't surprise me, but Paul, you're going with Dave Riddick. Yeah, to start the playoffs. I don't think. Well, I knew Zach was going to say Campbell. I kind of wanted to be different here. Oh come on! We don't pay you to be different. 
<laughs> with 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 Freddie, he's been on injury so long. Campbell's been playing fantastic, and I think they're going to give Riddick some games for the playoffs. So if he can keep it consistent, I wouldn't be surprised if they started him. But a more realistic answer, I'd say Campbell would start, as Zach said, because his record this year has been unbelievable and he's been playing like our top goalie. My my one thing I'll throw here. I know we said no reasoning, but I feel like none of us can really do that, especially <laughs> me. Yeah. If you combine Dave Riddick and, and Jack Campbell, one playoff appearance hmm. between yeah, the two true, goalies. Right? One. Michael Hutchinson has more than both of them. Michael Hutchinson's Michael Hutchinson. He played well for Colorado. He did. He did, actually. That's true. Um, it is Colorado, but he still played well. So I think it's Freddie. He's he's the starter. He he was the starter coming into the year. I think Freddie at his best is better than any other goalie on our team at their best. Yeah, but we haven't seen much of Freddie's best in the playoffs. Right. So that's that's pending. Yeah, that would be my if my computer would work, I'd bring up some stats. But that would be my thing is I've like Freddie Anderson has never he's truly, never like impressed me in the playoffs. Yeah. In every playoff series we've had. Uh, with Freddie, he has been the second best goalie in that series. Yes. To to the other team's goalie. Doesn't matter who it is, whether it was Rask, Corpusalo, mm-hmm. Mers Lincolns, uh, Braden Holak. Yeah. He has never been the best goalie. So whatever the case is, we need the goalie to be good. Yep. Um so now we're gonna let's let's make this one quick because I think we're probably going a bit over time here, but it's up to us. So who cares? We could be here for hours if we wanted to. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> The week ahead, we have three games on tap uh, as my phone rings, but I'm not going to answer that because this is more important. Uh, so we have Thursday, that's today, Winnipeg Jets at home. No Matthews, no Nylander. The lines should be a little bit all over the place. Uh, Saturday at Vancouver. So interesting, that's their second game back from COVID outbreak craziness. And it's a back-to-back. So they are playing on Friday as well. So they get Toronto the second night of a back-to-back. First, basically, session of the season back since COVID mm-hmm. breakout. Their lineup is probably going to be in shambles. JT Miller just came out and say, I don't feel ready. I don't think it's safe. And yet, here we are. Because at the end of the day, yep. the NHL is a business. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really interesting game to watch tonight. Yeah. So that's Saturday. And then we go to Monday again at Vancouver. So three games. Uh, none of us got our prediction right last week. So I'll... Uh, I guess let's just each say our own. So I'll throw it to Zach to go first. Here. I've got two own one. Uh, I think we're going to win tonight, surprisingly. Uh, and I think we drop one of the games against Vancouver in overtime. All right, mm. Paul. 3-0 and 0. We're winning them all. <laughs> That's it. So I had 3-0 and 0. And I had written down my prediction before I heard about the Matthews injury. But Winnipeg's a good team. I know our record's been good without Matthews, but the big argument, Toronto-Winnipeg has been the top six. Well, two of our top six are out in Matthews and Nylander. So mm-hmm. I don't if know how Felina I feel about... was available. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about second-line centerman being Alex Kerfoot, but here we are. Uh, so 2-1-0 is my prediction. I think... I don't know if this is a hot take. We lose tonight, and I think we absolutely destroy the Canucks on Saturday night. Like you they only don't hope. even want to be there when when we play them. <laughs> Matthews or no Matthews. Two one and oh 
that's what I have. Uh, Interesting. Zach, wizard prediction before we do our send off. Oh gosh, wizard prediction. Uh, I know what I know what your wizard prediction is. You know how do you? That's a wizard prediction in itself. Well, because you, you didn't you say that prediction. in our you sent it in our chat. I thought that was your wizard prediction. Did I really? I don't even remember what I sent. Uh, yeah, it has to do with one of these. Oh right, uh, I my wizard prediction that wasn't even really a wizard prediction was an Alex Galchenyuk hat trick tonight. Tonight specifically tonight, not uh, this week, but tonight. No Matthew, no Nylander, no problem. It. No problem. Well, thanks for listening. Hey, Zach's, <laughs> listen. That's Zach's, it. Zach's wizard prediction just ends the ends the podcast. Uh, so yeah, so thank you very much. If you listen to this, I don't even know how long we've been here, but I think it's a little over half an hour, but it's a shorter one in general. Um, like we said before, follow, subscribe, however you're listening, follow us on Instagram at original six podcast, the same. We're now on TikTok. Give us a follow, duet us, make some fun videos, check us out on YouTube, original six podcast, subscribe. You can watch some of our episodes. Now that'll be fun. See our handsome faces. Mm-hmm. And we might just have some more special guests coming soon. To a podcast near you. Uh, Stay tuned. So, Paul, I I will give you the honors today because we gave it to Daryl. Send us off with our favorite three words. Go, Leafs, go. That's it. I really thought he was going to say big save Dave, but okay. (laughs) Big save Dave's not playing today.